0: The
1: Mortified, The Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bouts, media recommendations, all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron.
0: And I'm a caterpillar with a baby face on it.
1: And this week, we grab our palismans and head for the Boiling aisles in the Owl House. Before we activate our housekeeping tube bird, remember you can help us on mortify The Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter and Tumblr at MortifiedPod. Layla, Aaron, what did you think about the outhouse?
0: I really liked it. I liked it a lot. I want to finish watching it. You know, it's one of those things that I've seen online for a long time, but like, I'm a user of the website Tumblr.com. So like any impression I get of any media from the internet, it's not good usually. I don't really trust the judgment of a lot of people who have accounts on (laughs) Tumblr.com. So, uh, I've been avoiding this one, but now having watched it, I really liked it a lot. Did you like it? Yeah. Uh, I mean,
1: I think, I think we suggested this one because of, um, our, uh, you know, friend of the podcast, Max, um, who, who was, was very pro the Owl House and I think you crushed it. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, I, I had a good time, you know, I, I think it's been established that like media that are, it is for like. You know, people that are not at least 14 years old kind of doesn't hit as hard for me. Um, but despite, you know, all the stuff that is like kind of kiddie and Disney channely about this show, I, I did like it quite a lot. And, you know, the most important aspect of it, which is, of course, the pre-representation, I thought was, you know, quite substantial um, for it being on the Disney channel. And we'll, of course, get into that. Um, but yeah, overall, overall positive.
0: Yeah, so this is uh, our first audience suggestion episode. Uh, so, you know, hit us up, mortifypod at gmail.com. We could take your suggestion. I'm not committing us to anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I've actually pinpointed why that is, like, why I'm so... There's two reasons why I think I buy into kids' media more. Uh, one is I went to animation school. So, like, you know. hmm I appreciate a lot about kids, television and kids writing from like a professional perspective. The other thing I figured out is that, uh, I was already 12 when my little brother was born. Therefore, I watched a lot of kids media growing up through my like teens and early twenties. Just that what, that's what was on at our house. So, do I have the movie Cars memorized? Probably still. <laughs> Um, but I just, you know, I remember watching like Thomas Tank Engine with him and he watched a lot of stuff that like, you know, came up after me. So I think I just have a higher tolerance for that kind of stuff. Um, and you aged like a normal adult. So you are uh, uh, not the audience.
1: Another thing that is, um, especially specifically with Disney Channel, is that my my little sister um, was like four or five years younger than me. So like when I was in like, you know, 14, 15, like peak shitty teen Uh, She was watching, like, a lot of kids' media and, like, Disney Channel shows, like Hannah Montana specifically, I would just, like, mercilessly mock her for, um, including, like, some of the the Corby writing, which, to be fair, Disney Channel in the mid-2000s had some fucking bad writing, but, um, yeah, I I think a a lot of it is just some residual um, being a shitty teen, um, which, you know, I'm not proud of, but eh, it is what it is.
0: Um, God, there was that quote that went around recently on animation Twitter, some exec from, I think, Cartoon Network. Um, she said something about, she she said, girls age out of animation faster and want to watch those, like, multi-cam comedies. And I think every person who was raised as a woman that's, like, in my professional circles in animation was, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because... um. No, we don't. Uh, Like, every time girls liked something, it got canceled. Mm -hmm. Teen Titans, Young Justice, like, you guys took it away from us and then stuck us on things like, you know, uh, I was going to just say the Miley Cyrus show, Hannah Montana.
1: What's the difference, right? Oh,
0: yeah. Hannah Montana and iCarly and Victorious, which, like, don't get me wrong, iCarly I had a great time with, but, like... It was, it was it what
1: was available to you, right? It was. Ma- it's
0: a self fulfilling prophecy,
1: right? Yeah, like you, nobody did a survey of teen girls and was like, "Do you all like this shit?" Because I think if they had, they they would have been like, "Oh, actually, this is what our core audience is." But that is, of course, not what happened.
0: Yeah, because I mean, like you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, well, we well, girls won't buy boy toys. It's like, have you considered? Making different toys for your franchise that you thought was for boys, but is actually
1: for girls, I guess,
0: is for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> like it's so counterintuitive to cancel shit like that because it's like you could make more money by broadening your audience. What are you doing?
1: Yeah, yeah, but as it turns out, the gender politics of the mid 2000s were um dicey, um, and maybe not quite as enlightened as they are here in the you know, parent, you know, art our completely perfect and flawless age of media understanding here in 2022.
0: <sighs> Listen, like, you're right, right? Like, you're right to be sarcastic, but at the same time...
1: I mean, as we're going to talk about, right, this show is proof that we have, like, culture has moved so far in the past 15 years. I was going
0: to say, man, if I had a show like Owl House yes. when I was growing up, like, goddamn, these kids are so lucky. Yeah, it kind of um, was. Let's talk
1: about it. Um, So our
0: plot summary is going to be a little bit weird because we, Aaron messaged me earlier before I started watching that uh, all the gay shit doesn't happen until later. So we kind of did a little owl house charcuterie. Um, But I think we did both watch the first five episodes. Do do you want to summarize that? And then we'll get into the loose bit. Yeah,
1: basically, there is a kid named Luz. Um, I think she's a Dominican American. um, Mm -hmm. But she, I would say she's like maybe 14, 15 years max. But, like, I would say between 13 and 15 years old. Um, she is having trouble at uh, school because she's a fucking weirdo. Um, uh, and, I mean, that weirdo parentheses uh, beloved and parentheses, um, you know, she she's, like, always, like, dressing up like, um, you know, like an otter or, like, drawing weird, you know, nerd shit and, you know, getting in trouble at school. Uh, and her mom wants to send her off to a summer camp or some sort of camp basically to, like, you know the camp is like when they show her the brochure and it's like think inside the box um and it's like you know to make you a normal person um and camp neurotypical and and, um basically you know instead of that is she you know she sees uh this lady named Ida who is like basically a scavenger who goes back and forth through the um Human world and the demon realm, and she takes uh, human curiosities and sells them. Ida uh, shows up, goes through a portal, um, and uh, Luz follows her and gets trapped in the demon realm. Um, but she actually loves it because the demon realm is, all, is full of all sorts of weird, uh, fucked up monsters and weird shit that she's just all about. So she, you know, has some hijinks with Ida, who is like this, you know, thirty. I mean, actually, she's probably like hundreds of years old, but I would say she's like. A late thirties, um, like lesbian aunt sort of deal, um, but like she meets her and and she's a witch and she becomes her apprentice. Um, and you know the the course of the show is like you know Lou's kind of getting integrated into the society uh, in the Boiling Isles, which is the the region of the demon realm where they live. Um, Lou's meets a couple of friends who go to the local um, wizard school or witch school, I guess. Um, and you know starts to make friends uh, and enemies um she helps she also meets um this this little demon dog sort of guy named king that's like Eda's familiar um and they just kind of have hijinks and adventures right we didn't get enough into the actual plot because like by, by the time we we skipped around to like one of the final episodes of the show um, and there are all sorts of names and nouns getting thrown around. I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. I don't know what the fucking, like, uh, draining ritual is or whatever, but I am here to to watch some some gay teens. Um, but, like, so there's obviously an overarching plot. We didn't get into it. Basically, from our understanding, it's, you know, a, a kid who, from the human world who wants to be a witch and, and makes a lot of friends uh, and has adventures along the way. And, I and she it was finds great.
0: her own way to be a witch. That's right. That's she doesn't cast spells with circles like the rest of these dweebs. She has little glyphs on a note card. She does
1: the full metal alchemist thing, yeah.
0: Yeah, she rules. Um, yeah, so we, we skipped around a bit and, and basically the plot we were following is this through line with Amity who, not to bring up the show that shouldn't be named, but she is the Sasuke. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This is what happens. This is what, this is what Narzo should have been. (laughs) So it's like, uh, Amity is a, you know, she's, she's got a lot of pressure on her. We'll talk about her in detail in a second, but like, you know, she's, she's kind of a bully and, um, uh, she meets Luz, and I was very surprised as to how quickly she develops a crush on Luz. Like, it's very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, And then we follow kind of their storyline. We bounce around in it. Like, we didn't get to see the major developments, really. Uh, but we checked in on them when Amity had a crush on Luz. It was very cute. We checked in on them when they went to prom together. Or, sorry, Grom together. It was very cute. The dance sequence was everything to me. Uh, and then we checked in on them... In the fin- in the last couple episodes of season two, and the th- we'll talk about this again more in detail later in the episode. But the thing that blew me away is that I did hear the word "romantic" and "girlfriend" in the same sentence for about these queer teens. So um, yeah, uh, that's 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 kind of how we bounced around. And I think I will be going back and, and trying to watch both seasons.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, what do you think about Luz? You know, um, I, I think that it's pretty clear she's a pretty typical protagonist type um her voice actor is sarah nicole Robles. um but yeah i mean what are your thoughts
0: i mean i would commit a crime for her um she's she's a naruto right she's an underdog (laughs) yeah
1: she's an anime protagonist what do you want
0: (laughs) Yeah, she's an underdog, she doesn't belong, she finds a place where she does belong, it comes at a personal cost.
1: Friendship is her she power, her et cetera, et cetera. Friendship is her
0: power. She, yeah, she's she's a little goofball. Uh, so there's something interesting about Luz that I, when I was reading up about the show, is that she's named after one of the storyboard artists, Aww. which I actually noticed watching the credits, because I was trying to figure out what studios animated this. Um Because I don't know if you remember, but... um, there was a show with blue cats on Cartoon Network a while ago. I forget what it's called, but they had an episode with uh, an anime battle sequence, and that was specifically commissioned to Studio Four C, um, which is a, a pretty famous uh, Japanese anime studio. And I was wondering if like Four C came back to do another like a stint with American animation in this one, um, but they didn't that's why i was watching the credits uh did notice the storyboard artist's name and she said uh i think i was reading in the wiki that the only uh one of her conditions for allowing the main character to be named after her was uh that loses dominican american um which i really liked um because it's not like
1: they're not doing it for diversity points certainly um but it is just like kind of a thing that's like that's just what she is. Um, there's several instances in which she will speak Spanish, um, you know, and she speaks Spanish with her mom in, in the few episodes that we've seen with her. But mom it also in kind of
0: informs her, like the amount of pressure she feels from her family, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Right. That, that is a very specific, like uh, immigrant um, American, like pressure that that we've talked about on the show, um, like that that comes from being, you know, the the child of somebody who. Um, is it not a white person in America? <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, you know, I think Luz is great. Um, I, you know, a lot like a lot of my touchstones for children's media, I'm going to go to Kipo in the Age of Wonder Beasts. Uh, I think she is a Kipo type, you know, um, just like a cool, cool, happy go lucky kid. Um, big fan. Uh, love, love, love Luz. Um, but. Uh, let's talk about her mentor, uh, Ida Clawthorne. Um, I'm just learning that's her last name. Um, but, um, I, you and I both had the same reaction as soon as we heard Ida's voice, which was to go look up the voice actor. Um, this voice actor is Wendy Malick, who you probably know from a lot of shows. Um, for me, my first intru- um, thing was like, oh, this is Beatrice Horseman from Bojack Horseman. Weird. Uh, but the actual touchstone is fucking Chicha from Emperor's New Groove. Uh, um, Pacha's wife. The, um, so, like, yeah. I, and then I think you had a couple other points, uh, a couple other huge roles that she had. Uh,
0: it wasn't her, actually. It was, I think, I think Amity is Katara from Avatar Last Airbender*. Yes.
1: That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great, great voice acting talent in this. Um, yeah. Oh,
0: and Amity is also Yuffie from Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3. Because <laughs> the screenshot
1: you have says Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind DLC only.
0: Well, that's. Well, she's, she's, she has separate listings for her. It's 2, yes, 3. No, it's all about
1: no, so it's Yeah, because she appears in the other two. I forgot. But like, I just was like, why is she only in Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind DLC? Anyway, how, what do you think about Ida?
0: I mean, I want to be her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, that's the thing.
0: (laughs) Life goals. Okay, so she has one of the best. So the art direction in the show is really good. Uh, There's a lot of really great details. Her mugs. (laughs) Everything to me. She has one that says like number one bad girl, which I really liked. And then she has another one that says 30 and flirty. Someone made a replica of that mug on Etsy, and I did save it. <laughs> I'm turning 29 this year, but I'm turning 30 next year. I want that fucking mug. <laughs>
1: Listen, we'll we'll make sure. I will I will send a personal missive to that creator to to beg them to keep it in, in stock uh, for 2023. Um, but yeah, like I think I think right, we're at the age where it's like you know we it's harder for us to identify with kid protagonists we're much more moving into the roles of like that they're kind of mentors or supporting characters or parents, et cetera. Um, And Ida's like, you know, like, like when I said it, like, she has like big lesbian aunt energy. She's just like, Oh, I don't really want kids. I'm kind of like, you know, I'm like a criminal. I'm like a hugely wanted criminal. My life's a mess. You know, I have all this like unresolved family trauma that I'm still working through. Um, There's a whole plot line where, you know, spoilers, Um, you know, she has to deal with her sister who like gave her a curse that turns her into an owl like an owl bear basically. Um and um that's like that's kind of like one of the main plot lines in season one. Um and yeah, I mean I'm like I, I think there is something of like a mental illness um, metaphor going on with like the, the potion she has to take every day to help her um you know deal with this this bear curse. But um I I find Ida, you know kind of like the protagonist that adults who watch the show will kind of um veer towards.
0: Yeah, like I can't remember what the first time that, that I've had that feeling was. I, I was reading, it was a book, and I felt like this shift in me from relating to the like teen protagonists to being like, oh, these are my children. And I must, you know, like it's that it's that it's not. I wouldn't call it like a like a maternal or paternal instinct, but it it is that kind of like it is a protective feeling.
1: instinct, of some sort, Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, exactly. And it's 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 very much this where I'm like, you know, again, I spend a lot of time on Tumblr.com. I don't. I wouldn't say I'm invested in like these teen queers in any way, but it is. You do want to see them succeed, right? Yeah. Um, So that's a different kind of investment that I feel, you know, as I'm getting to my 30 and flirty phase. Um, That's how I'm feeling. Uh, uh, Let's talk about my favorite character in the whole show, which is uh, King. (laughs) Okay.
1: That's interesting. Why don't you talk about King first? Uh, Because, I mean, the short answer is like King doesn't really work for me
0: uh i think he's a moron and i love him <laughs> um he's mushu right like he's he's like, mm-hmm. oh, i'm a big bad yeah. strong titan and he's actually a lap dog yeah. um i love that um, him. I, I think in the that wikipedia
1: they describe him as a little guy who wants to be a big guy which is really good
0: yeah voiced by alex hirsch of uh oh, like gravity falls yeah gravity falls fame yeah and, and a very wonderful Twitter thread on the fighting with Disney standards practices. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Thank you for that, Alex, Alex Hirsch. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, like, the, the thing about King
1: is that he does kind of te- lean into, like, the comic relief, um, like, kids character type, which is why he doesn't really work for me. Like, his whole thing is like, oh, I'm the king of demons, or oh, I'm so big, cower before me. Um, And, like, you know, there's a whole big subplot in one episode where he's trying to, like, take over um, one of the playgrounds, like, the slide on top of the playground. He wants to be on top of that. And, like, he speaks like he's, like, a conquering emperor. Um, And he, 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 like, you know, tries to, like, push another five-year-old off the the slide. And, like, that's all well and good. But, like, that kind of humor just doesn't hit for me.
0: Yeah, that's fair. He is a kid though, you know, like, yes. uh, there's a bit I caught at the end where like, uh, uh, season two, the two part finale where they, there's like a hint dropped that it was, I don't know if it was explicit in the other episodes we didn't watch, but it felt like a hint from what we saw, uh, that it was his dad that locked away the collector and he wouldn't let the collector play with him. And I'm like, this is just, this is just literally a little guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love that he tries to be really tough and then Luz will pick him up and she's like, who's my little guy? Mm-hmm. Who's my little guy? And it takes him like two episodes and he's like, it's me. I know. Yeah. No, it's me. It's, okay. <laughs> it's
1: really good. Um, let's see. There's, um, so Luz makes some friends who are from the local witch school, uh, Willow and Gus. Um, you know, do you have any big thoughts on them?
0: I like them a lot. Uh, Gus is... I mean, Willow's cool because cause you meet her and she's like, ah, I'm failing all my classes. And my parents made me... Uh, was it the Abomination track? Yeah, right? she
1: had to be the Abomination major.
0: Uh, <laughs> But she's really good at plant magic. And so she was failing because she wasn't doing the thing she was good at, right? I thought that was nice. Uh, And then Gus is just a theater kid.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, kind of, right? His whole... His, <laughs> I feel like he's, you know, he he's like a big nerd and whole deal is illusion magic. Um he is just kind of like a fun sidekick. But he's also he's also a weeb, right?
0: Yeah, he's he was president of the Human Appreciation yeah, Society. Like he's a weeb
1: for humans. Um and I think that's very funny. Um I, I, there's also like a couple instances where he's just like kind of like, you know, I know I'm a sidekick, like there's sometimes where people will just be like, you know, only this thing that Gus just did uh, Only a big fucking nerd would do that. Uh, sorry, big fucking nerd. He's like, no, I know what I'm about, which is very good.
0: I think that any time you as a showrunner have an opportunity to teach your nerd ass character what a high five is... And it's contextually appropriate. I think that's uh, a crowning scene. Uh, they taught Gus how to high five. And my boy Kageyama in, in Haikyuu, Haike, he yeah. got taught how to high five. I think that is like one of the best things you could do in television. So I'm glad Gus got to have that moment.
1: Yes. Um, very, very fun. Um, now, uh-huh. the most important part. Uh, yeah, yeah. How do you feel about uh, Amity, what's her last name? Amity Blight.
0: I mean, I love her. I think she's great.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, she's she set up originally as, like, the mean, like, character. Like, we, we're introduced to her, like, basically just, like, shitting on Willow for not having good abomination magic. Um, and, you know, as as that particular progresses, um, Amity, you know, and Luz start developing a closer relationship when Luz r- realizes that uh, Amity both, like, reads to kids at the library, um, and also has, like, a, a whole, like, is a big fan of the same, like, Azula, which young adult uh, series of novels, um, which is very fun, um, like, that's, I think that's a very specific pull for the kinds of people who made this show that's like, oh yeah, this is how you would meet a potential partner, uh, is by being in the same fandom, but, um, you
0: know, um, what, uh, what was
1: that reaction for?
0: That, no, that stung me personally. Oh, well, <laughs> the- yeah sorry no, I, th- no not no listen let's no okay let me clarify that was a uh when you say the types of people that would enjoy this that's <laughs> i got lumped in um Oops. but uh no that's funny because i was watching um i was watching fire island last night which is this um gay it is pride and prejudice but everyone is gay and shirtless Um, And I'm not exaggerating the Pride and Prejudice. It is a direct adaptation of Pride and Prejudice and a very competent one at that. But I was sitting there watching it and it's another one of those where the love interest is like also a dweeb and also mean. And I'm like, hmm... This is very interesting to watch these two things back to back because the approach in Fire Island was raw, fiery indignation because it's Pride and Prejudice, right? And that's how you get your man. And I was sitting there last night. I'm like, see, now I got to be more more indignant. Um, And then I'll attract a mean hottie. And I'm watching Owl House this morning and I'm like, I don't know, maybe the, maybe I keep continue being an anime protagonist. Who the fuck's to say? It's very confusing, you know? Um to, to have these two um, non-fictional instruction manuals in front of me and give me <laughs> conflicting messages.
1: Yeah, no, I think you should probably do both. Uh, I think it's the yeah. best. Uh, <laughs> just alternate every other time you, you see a potential partner. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, Amity, you know, I, you know, I, we all, my my love of mean women has been established. I think Amity is, is doing a great job being a mean, but she's also got a heart of gold, um, which it makes her slightly less mean, which is, you know, of course the purpose. And I think, um, it seems like, what were you going to say?
0: I was going to throw in that. I love her siblings too.
1: She has a bunch of gay siblings who are, um, one, one of them, at least in the episodes we're watching is explicitly, or heavily implied to be gay when she calls lose a cutie. Um, which I was like, Oh, they're just doing that. And they didn't censor it, which is incredible. Firstly, um, and and secondly like you know they're they're just like weird cool mean teens that like harass people in the library and like love to traumatize their younger sibling which like you know that sucks but like that's also what having a sibling is like um
0: they try to blow up a factory at the end of season two which i thought kind of rule. that's
1: that's very good um but yeah like i think they do a great job of building sympathy for amity in that library scene where we first meet her her siblings because like the, the, all the books come to life, um, and when they find Amity's diary, it starts, like, reading out all of her insecurities and, like, thoughts and, and feelings. Uh, and a lot of them relate to lose, and, like, she's like, oh, I don't understand how I'm, why I'm feeling this way about this weird girl, you know, this, this, new, this new human. Um, I, I can't figure out, you know, what to think of her. Um, and, you know, they, they, they resolve the, the conflict in the library, and they, they realize that, you know, they can be on friendly terms. Uh, which you know progresses into a romance, uh, which is you know kind of incredible. Um, we'll, we'll get to that in our talking points here in a bit, but um, yeah, Amity's great. Big fan.
0: Yeah, I like the I like the Grom episode especially because the whole joke, not the joke, the whole conceit is that she doesn't want to be grom queen um because when she fights the monster that turns into her deepest fear her deepest fear is quote-unquote really embarrassing and the end is really funny because like Luz is like i'll fight it for you and then she can't right she needs amity's help and when amity steps in it turns into her fear and it doesn't have quite enough time to fully transform into the thing she's afraid of but um you know, it's rejection. Right. And, and Luz steps in and she's like, oh, you're afraid of getting rejected by your Grom date. She's like, that sucks. Why don't you go to Grom with me instead? And Lou and Amity's like.
1: Okay. Sure. Yeah. I don't get the scrap of paper that has like, cause like they find, she finds, Luz finds the bottom scrap, which is like, you know, like, you know, will you go to Grom with me? Um, and she's like, oh, that's what you're gonna do. But then, like, that she drops, uh, Amity drops the top scrap later on when they're walking away, and it's like, and it, it, it's the name Lose, and it's just like, ah, oh, that's really good. It's it's at, it's literally textual, like, that, that she has feelings for her, which is kind of incredible.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, which... that dance
1: fight they have against the fucking, it's basically the monster from It, but, um, but, like, that dance sequence was maybe the queerest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, simultaneously the queerest is this like great choreography too. It's really, yeah, I kind I want to go rewatch it again. You know, just 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 to like watch the choreo.
1: There's a couple like really good animation sequences where like I I I wrote down. I was like, oh, is this like Sakuga like in like an anime? Um, and because like you, there's like a noticeable shift in the way that th- things are drawn and like where the way that the frames work. Uh, specifically, I'm thinking about the fight between Ida and her her sister um where like Ida starts summoning um we, we didn't mention this character uh but Hooty, who is her basically her doorbell uh but is basically an owl tube um that's really annoying and horrible
0: and and um, everyone it, hates him everybody hates him
1: it's really good it's <laughs> a really good bit
0: it's, it's such a good gag <laughs> He's- I think one of my favorite hootie moments is uh during the, the episode where uh Ida gets turned into her cursed monster owlbear self. And you just hear him yelling from downstairs. <laughs> ow, I'm on the floor! <laughs> <laughs> it's really
1: he's like, good.
0: He's so funny. I just- God, all the like- all the non-human characters in this are so fun. They're so good. Yeah, um, I mean, like-
1: we're we're hinting at it, but like basically this this show is very clearly influenced by one people who like anime, um, and like that that bleeds into their their creature and character design, which I think is stunning. Um, like when I was just like reading reading some background info, like um, the Dan- Dana Torrance, um, I believe is the I know Torrance is her last name. Um, yeah, Dana. Dana Torrance talked about how like Pokemon was a huge influence on on this show. Also, the paintings of Hieronymus Bosch, uh, which is incredible. um So that's why you get both like the weird monsters, but also like the horrible, like mutilated, like weird uh, motifs in in their design.
0: Yeah, I mean, like we've talked about this before, right? But like kids' horror doesn't happen very often anymore. Um, especially not when like Disney owns everything. We used to have like Courage the Cowardly Dog and, you know, there were some Scooby-Doo episodes that were pretty spooky, but like, there were moments where, I think you noted it where it was like, damn, those statues' eyes are bleeding.
1: Yeah, there's a whole sequence in, I think it's the 16th uh, episode of, of, um, no, it's not. It's one of the season, I think it's the season two, episode five. Basically, this is where, um, Gus has to go on like a quest to find these runes or, they're power crystals, basically. Um, and they they show up, and they, uh, like, yeah, there's just, like, the, there's, like, an illusionist statue statuary, where, like, in order to scare off the the bad guys, all the statues, like, turn, and, like, literally, like, red fluid is, like, weeping out of their eyes. Um, and, like, it, it is, like, pretty, gr- like, g- gruesome for something that's rated Y7. Like, you know, I I don't think it was, like, you know, I don't think either of us are going to be like content police here and be like, "Oh, that was too scary for kids." I think, like, you know, for me, if I was seven, that would be too scary for me. But I continue to be a, a big baby about about things. So, but like in general, I think that was, I think it was really cool that they did that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm pro kids horror. I think it's great. Also, like when the emperor turns into that weird fucked up monster thing for the season two finale, that's pretty scary, right? I think the collector's pretty unnerving.
1: Um, uh, in in the second episode, there is a puppeteer monster that like it's basically just like a big blob but also like has a bunch of like like replicated like human or not human but like you know elf people whatever the fuck they are um like weird puppet things kind of like hanging limp off of its tentacles um another one that i don't know if you got to was the bat queen which is basically just a huge head with wings um and like claw feet but like, it looks like a scene out of a Japanese horror movie when the Bat Queen enters the Owl House because it's just her huge head poking through, and she's just like, I'm here to pick up my kids, and I was like, holy shit.
0: Damn. Uh, no, I did not get to uh, the- I'll see if I can get a
1: screenshot, but it's incredible.
0: Goddamn. Yeah, no, the creature design is incredible. It's, it's so, like, it's interesting to watch this because... When you go to, when you go to animation school, uh, if you draw anything remotely close to anime or take any inspiration from anime, like, it, it, the professors will eat you alive. They hate anime for some reason. They're just like,
1: Ugh.
0: Western animation traditionalists. But if you talk to anybody who actually has a career in animation, like, one of the greatest animated... One of the greatest most successful recent animated series that came out of the West is Avatar The West Airbender, and is very inspired by anime, right? Like, a lot of these things that have anime influence succeed, because anime is a very interesting and very efficient way of, like, storytelling. Not that it's a genre, but there are certain, you know, just cultural storytelling trends. So it's, uh... Yeah, it ruled. I, uh, also, <laughs> there's just some gags that are really funny. So, like, the Puppet Master episode is, is fun because one of the things Ida tells Luz before sending her around on the town is don't trust men with sandals. And you look at the wizard puppet that was like the front for the Puppet Master and he was wearing sandals. And I was like, Luz,
1: no! <laughs> um, there's another really funny uh, gag in that episode, which was um, God, what happened? Uh, the, um, like, Angsty, like heartthrob interest, love interest guy, puppet. Um, does a fucking Metal Gear Solid bit where he's like, "Lady Loose, do you think love can bloom on the battlefield?" And like, no, no, the target audience for this is not going to understand that joke. Like, I don't know about you, Layla, but I've never played Metal Gear Solid in my life, but I just know that because it's a meme um and like i think that's just it's just so fun that they're just like throwing their shit in there because like if you've got to the point where you are making fucking you know a show that where you have a lot of creative control that's backed by goddamn disney you might as well go whole hog.
0: yeah go go whole kojima um Mm. i love that i thought i caught that too i thought that was really funny. really good (laughs) um i also like the um when luz was practicing for the grom um <laughs> one of her fears was uh, men who wanted to debate on <laughs>
1: yeah, and and she defeats them by being like you're not coming out this conversation from a place of intellectual honesty and so i'm just going to block you <laughs> it's really good and like the avatar is like a guy with a fedora that said "Milady," uh really funny really good <laughs>
0: christ alive i think overall just like having a show and like they give you kind of the central message of the show pretty early on but i think having a show whose central message is just like you have to figure out uh uh you have to choose yourself and like choose how you want to do things i think it's pretty rad
1: Mm -hmm. it's very good um all right let's talk about the main thing which is like they let they let disney do the gay thing this is this is the the first (laughs) Gay kiss in Disney, or what is the thing? What is the meme that's like the first gay Marvel character, or like Disney's first gay Star Wars character, like that thing? Oh, spent yeah, every year it's, without it's
0: every year. It's so uh, LeFou was the first gay character, there was a first gay character in Star Wars. There was a couple other ones, there was um, Marvel
1: the, within um, Infinity oh, War, Avengers Part 4. yeah. War.
0: There was a gay The the director cameo was the gay character. Mm um yeah disney's had like 16 first gay characters and so as a trend i won't call it a rule as a trend the television arm so tva television animation television arm of both disney and dreamworks tend to be a little more progressive than the feature film arm um it might be because they're working with a lower budget. And maybe there's a lower uh, you know, they're not going for mass universal appeal yes, on the television. Yeah, like percent so right? <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, Shira. Yeah. That was lesbians. Mm-hmm. Um But that was Disney, house. right? No, that's Dreamworks. Was, like, Dreamworks, yeah. But that's what I'm saying, right? Like the, the that was DreamWorks television animation. That wasn't mm-hmm. DreamWorks feature. Um and like the whole fright with Disney when they bought Blue Sky was they're going to kill Nimona. Which um, they did. Which they did, but it's coming back, baby! Um, Fingers crossed. No, like, it is.
1: I just, I don't know. I don't trust Disney as far as I can fucking throw their their building. It's
0: a, it's an, it's a Netflix exclusive.
1: It's oh, not Disney. Oh, okay, it's not Disney. Oh, there we go. That's right,
0: there we go. I think, well, I have to double check, but uh, I don't know what the, I haven't really been following the way that property has been getting passed around in, like, licensorship, but Um, it's, I believe it's coming to Netflix, and I believe, I don't think Disney has anything to do with it. I think it's the folks from Blue Sky who are working on it. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, now you have, um, Alex Hirsch really fucking sledgehammered some walls so that Owl House could bust through, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, you were bringing this up before the episode, but, like, you know, Disney, you know like this is they're not the first people to be like hey here's a here's a queer character with an explicitly queer relationship in in you know children's animation right you know like i think probably the earliest episode i can like property i could think of is cora and asani in legend of cora um i'm, sh- I'm sure it's probably earlier stuff but that's for me was one of the earliest that i can uh, that i can recall um but like that's that's nickelodeon like that's that stuff that's like way you know that was uh, twenty fourteen I want to say.
0: And then uh we talked about keepo. You brought up keepo a little bit earlier. Yeah, keepo um, with
1: um, Benson, um, Benson. And, and his explicit queer relationship. Um, but yeah, you know it is something, right? To see this and be like, oh, you know they they didn't fully censor this. You know they. They had her, you know, show that she was a queer person who was interested in, in in receiving romantic attention from from women, um, you know, very early on, and that progressed to the point where, you know, it, that is also reciprocated, right? Um, you know, it's one thing to be to be like, oh, I'm gay, I'm a gay character, and then never have them have a relationship. It's another thing for a, a lead character to be in a relationship with with another like pretty prominent character and have them have a kiss on screen which you know happens in season two
0: yeah happens a couple of times there's kiss on cheek there's Mm -hmm. kiss on mouth it's like it was bonkers because like the the sense that really stood out to me was um they were preparing for the final like draining defense for the draining spell or whatever happens i'll find out i'm gonna watch the show Um, but, uh, Ida was talking to Luz and she was like, well, what I'm doing isn't as exciting as a romantic rescue for your girlfriend. And I like short circuited in that moment. I was like, whoa, hold up. We just said the words romantic and like, it's in the script. Mm -hmm. They call each other girlfriends. I'm like, and not in like a... Oh, it's just my, my girlfriend.
1: Like, They'd be like, oh, you know, your girlfriend. And like, it would be a joke, right? It's not, uh-huh. it's taken completely seriously. There's no, you know, and like, she is rejected by her her partner, by um, Amity's mom, who apparently is a big bad in, in season two. But like, that's never because of homophobia. There's no homophobia in the world of. of no, oh, it's
0: just classism. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, you don't make enough money. Um, but like, that that is really nice just to you know like you said like this obviously is is more important for people who who are queer but like the, the, it is just to have that kind of normalizing force in a popular television show that's you know distributed on a on a network as wide as disney plus you know that's that is important
0: yeah i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure owl house is network oh really you I know, think I can, so i remember
1: seeing like numbers i mean for you know, that it was you know, like not ratings, that like yeah. people watch TV much anymore, but like they did it, was it was on television also. So, like,
0: yeah, yeah, so it's, it's network, but like it's you know, uh, I I brought this up to you like before we started rec- recording, but I, I listen to uh, believe it or not, there are other podcasts out there. I know, tragic, scary, terrifying, um, and, and other podcasts other than the Bible Boys, I know, insane um but i do listen to another podcast that uh this is a while ago this is during the the whole star wars thing where the host uh who's gay said um something along the lines of like disney will have headlining queer characters and this is specifically about also the marvel universe was like it will happen the problem is it's gonna happen after it is no longer like a risk to their bottom line which is going to be way after it's acceptable culturally they're going to be the latest to the game because they're a behemoth. Um uh, but that's that's the thing, right? When you talk about Disney, what are you really talking about? Because television animations out there doing it. Yeah, I'm talking about feature MCU like That's the
1: that, that's the thing, right? Like they could say, you know, we'll 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 have these characters, you know, do a, do a gay kiss in Star Wars or whatever, but it'll be a two-second thing that if you if you weren't explicitly looking for it, you'll miss. Um, you know, like, it, it, meaningful representation, you know, fucking, don't even get me started on, like, Star Wars can't even do meaningful representation with its cishet characters of color? Like, I...
0: <laughs> justice for Rose Tico. Justice!
1: Justice for Rose Tico, 100%. Even justice for fucking John Boyega. Um, oh, such so, justice for John! You know, I wouldn't blame him if he never touched a fantasy property again. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it's you know, we are we are constantly in the process of trying to become Disney executives. You know, right. if if they want us out there in Burbank, we'll happily move. Um, but like they do, you know, I think we're not saying anything new. We're not reinventing the wheel. These criticisms we've had are criticisms people have had. Of, of the disney you know at media corporation for years and years now which is that they don't you know they are they are so cautious and they are so preserving you know protective of their of their bottom line that they are not willing to lose you know uh, i don't even know that a million people would stop quote unquote you know consuming disney media it is so hard to not consume disney media
0: one um, million moms would sure try
1: oh i'm sure they would fucking try um And they completely fail because then they would be be left with weird YouTube videos to watch, which are just a bunch of perverts dressed up like Disney characters anyways. So, you know, who is really winning that battle? Um, But, like, it is is embarrassing to see a company of that scale and power be like, oh, we can't put, we can't make a, you know, an actual queer couple on, on the big screen because, you know we're in fucking season four of Marvel now, or phase five of the MCU or whatever, and the only movie anybody's gonna go see is fucking Wakanda Forever, so, like...
0: Is it only five?
1: Yeah, I believe that they just announced uh, phase five.
0: Yeah, Wakanda Forever is genuinely the only shit I care about, and I already cried at the trailer, so, like...
1: Yeah, like, I'm gonna watch the... Won't be a dry eye in that theater. I was thinking about this. I'm gonna go and watch the new Captain America one, and I'm gonna be like, oh, I don't know who the fuck any of these people are, Um, and that's the problem with uh, these kind of... um, big phased uh media universes uh and
0: and the only people the only reason people are going to go to con forever and cry because of chadwick, Bozeman, because of yeah. chadwick boseman yeah. it's not even your. it's not even you know like like black panther is a very compelling story but like people's attachment was to that world because of chadwick boseman yeah, because in large was, part he was incredible yeah like
1: uh oh, god rest his soul um where where were we? Basically, you know, like we're I'm, we're both very happy and glad that the Owl House got this far, um, and we still also just want to acknowledge it's not nearly far enough. Um, you know, I think you know as as a part as a as an I wouldn't consider myself a part of the gay agenda, but I would consider myself like your your you know ambassador to homosexuality. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm your cishet consultant, um, to, to all my, my queer Illuminati friends. Um, and, you know, I, I, w- I would say that, you know, we, we do need to kind of ramp up our production of, 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 you know, taking over the media, um, and indoctrinating children. I mean, this is a great step, but we'd really need to start moving on to, to, bigger, bigger audiences if we really want to turn everybody gay by 2023.
0: Yeah, you're, you're totally right. Uh, I, I, I the gay agenda will be fulfilled when shit like this isn't a big deal anymore. Exactly, right. You that's know. that's all I want. I want it to stop being a big deal. I I, I had this kind of meltdown a couple of weeks I was ago. Say and an the essay you recently wrote, right? I did. It was the focus of an essay I recently wrote, which is like, damn, am I tired of the government and the corporations telling me what I can and cannot be and should and shouldn't be, like. It's so, it, like, <laughs> it shouldn't be a big deal to these people. And, you know, for all the, the parents screaming about how, like, the kids are too young. They need to be older to make that decision. The only reason we're older when we made those decisions was because the AIDS crisis took away a lot of our elders. We had no one to look up to. We were set back a bunch. And um, we didn't have the vocabulary to explain the things we were feeling uh every single queer person i knew has had feelings since childhood like it is myself included right so it's like i'm ah, uh, god i wish i had the owl house i'm like like kudos to dana terrace and everyone involved in that process everyone behind the scenes all the producers all of the standards and practices people all of the consultants all of the people working on that show like that is a that is a group sledgehammer that they took to to disney to be able to do that. And with with a lot of people, you know, uh predating that, right? Including like Disney definitely looked at the popularity of of Shira, right? So it's yeah, good for them. I'm really I I'm really excited that it was a really dope watch to just be like, wow, they're they're saying it out loud with words. That's neat. Mm-hmm. And
1: important. Um so I I guess for our, our uh, marketing minute, um You know, we, uh, I I was thinking, like, what, you know, because of this show is so heavily influenced by anime and also weird specific interests, you know, like, what would a kid's show that is heavily influenced by our own specific interests kind of look like?
0: Huh. Do you have one? Um,
1: You know, because, again, like, right, my interests are kind of a lot of the same that the Ahas pulled from as far as, like, anime goes like i think it would have a lot of anime influence but uh, unfortunately for me i think it would also be like weird criticisms of catholicism um i wonder if there there would probably be it would probably be set in like a catholic high school um and it would just be like a bunch of um you know weird people trying to navigate their their place between um you know coming to terms with a religion that is fundamentally conservative and um you know, um, in all the ways that that is bad, uh, but also having deep devotion to to the principles and aesthetics and you know community around that. Um, but also maybe there would be like there would also be child soldiers probably.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds on brand for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think God, children. See, so the problem: is like every every idea I have is is already kind of. You know, I don't have an original thought bouncing around in this head because, on one hand, the owl house exists; we got that. The other half, you know what? Maybe I I would want to take another smack at like a Voltron type because Mama loves big mechs. I uh, love a, I love a big robot. I love teamwork and friendship, and like we do have a recent Voltron series, but I stopped watching it. Uh, so I'd like I'd like another swing at something like that. I think. Um. And if we're talking about, like, niche anime inspirations for it, um, I mean, listen, Someone's Gotta Punch God is the thing. Is that the
1: name of the show? Someone's Gotta Punch God? (laughs)
0: Someone's got to punch God. Uh, so it would be like, a, it would be something like that inspired by like dot hack and full metal alchemist. So like a real, you got to punch the God in the game. And if you die in the game, you die in real life kind of thing, but with mechs and friendship.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, if you want mm-hmm. to pitch your own, Uh, kids show that's heavily influenced by our specific tastes you can call us at 775-573-8882 or of course uh, email us at mortifiedpod at gmail.com um love to hear what uh weird stuff that you've got cooking on up in your good old listener brain
0: yep and we very rarely uh uh divulge our future schedule mostly because we don't usually have a future schedule uh more than a couple episodes out but we find ourselves in the rare position of actually having the rest of the year (laughs) booked out um that being said we do have a slot in november um that is open for that we haven't thought of anything for and our next episode is also another listener suggestion um we're watching the big o uh so if you have anything for us uh shoot us a line send leave us a voicemail um or an itunes review those are always great too Mm -hmm.
1: or just tell your friends it's really important the most important way for us to grow is for you to be like hey uh i listened to a weird independent very small podcast but with your help it could be bigger
0: it could be a weird independent mid-sized podcast (laughs) that's
1: all we're looking for um when we are not trying to grow our small independent podcast into uh arm of the disney media empire um where can people find us on the internet
0: you can find me at leylscs on twitter tumblr and instagram um not really up to much right now but um as i retweeted something earlier um, i go on twitter to talk to myself and if you're there to read it that's on you so (laughs) come hang
1: Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Aaron where I tweet about tabletop RPGs, health policy, and writing. Um, I guess probably this week I will post my story that I got published in Broken Plate about uh, Thomas Jackson getting his arm ripped off by an angel. Um, That'll be at aavoy.com. I do another podcast with our good friends uh, on at the Bible Boys uh, on Twitter. Um, We last week did an episode where we played through the Adventurer's Guide to the Bible. it's a five E supplement, but this week we're talking about the good place, uh, which will be very fun. I can't wait to talk about the the philosophical and theological influences in that show. Um, and yeah, that's that's all my good stuff. Um, our, our theme song is "Obsolete" by Keshko from the album Filmmakers Reference Kit Volume Two. You can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com Layla, what should we? Uh, what words should we impart to our listeners uh, as we? as we send them off into their week.
0: Aaron, you don't know me. I'm brave. I'm a bad boy.
1: (laughs) I'm always saying this. (laughs) We'll see you all next week.